Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth. Consistently, I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Wait and see is not a strategic plan. Today on episode 545 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with demographer Ken Gronbeck. I'm going to ask Ken about the critical connection between demographics and marketing and much more. You can find out more about Ken along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Right now, digital marketing is more important than ever to keep your business going. Your clients need to know you are here to help them deal with their challenges. Our friends at SiteHub have many resources to help your audience stay aware of how you can help them. Contact SiteHub today at yoursitehub.com. That's yoursitehub.com. Now let's welcome Ken Gronbeck. Ken is predicting that the United States and the Americas, because of their superior demographics over any other continent, will excel culturally and economically in the post-corona era. Ken is president of KGC Direct and is an internationally respected demographer who has been able to forecast societal, commercial, economic, cultural, and political phenomena with uncanny accuracy. He keynotes all over the United States and the world. His company does high-value, customized demographic research. Ken is the author of the current best-selling book, The Age Curve, How to Profit from the Coming Demographic Storm. His first book, Common Census, The Counterintuitive Guide to Generational Marketing, was released in 2005. Ken's 2011 book, Decades of Differences, Making It Work, is a comprehensive guide to coping with three generations in the workforce. Ken's newest book, Upside, Profiting from the Profound Demographic Shifts Ahead, was published in April of 2017. Ken, welcome to the show. My pleasure. Ken, you have an unusual blend of marketing savvy and common sense demography. How did you develop your unique skill set? It happened when we lost a large client. We had 140 American Honda motorcycle dealers that we represented with my marketing company and advertising agency. In 1986, the bikes came in, we distributed them throughout the Northeast, and uh, nobody came in. And I got a call from American Honda. They wanted to know if I ran the ads. And I said, yeah, I did. And they said, well, there's no traffic in our dealers. And I said, but uh, Kawasaki, Suzuki, and Yamaha are all having the same problem. So we don't think it's a problem with us. We tried everything. Uh, we tried new marketing campaigns. We tried new products. We tried every marketing trick in the book to try to rejuvenate uh, sales for the 140 American Honda motorcycle dealers that we represented. By 1992, business fell for American Honda about 80% and they closed all their dealers. And we didn't know why. 1996, I made a discovery by reading a, a full page editorial that was an indictment of Generation X. Generation X was uh, born 1965 to 1984. And it was a, a sweeping indictment of this generation. And uh, it just didn't make sense to me. So I had our research department do some homework on Generation X. And they came back and, and uh, with an unusual finding. And the finding was that the reason Generation X was so disappointing commercially was that it was small. And it was actually 11% smaller than the boomers. And there were 9 million fewer people. And as a marketer, that just blew me away. I said, you got to be kidding me. I, because I know a 5% drop in your market can wipe you out. An 11% drop in your market will atomize you. So 
we did our homework on Generation X and discovered that they simply weren't born. And that once the baby boomers left the American Honda motorcycle demo, perfect demo of, of 16 to 24, it was over. And then we started tracking Generation X and discovered that that wasn't the only thing that they've done and it's not the only thing that they're currently doing and it's not the only thing that they're going to do because right now the people that are 35 to 54 is a small generation i'm talking about indigenous births not the latinos that came in to augment them but uh it just freaked me out and it overwhelmed me and so i we uh said goodbye to the advertising agency in the year uh, roughly 2000, after being in business for successfully doing 40 million bucks for 20 years, and I devoted myself to demography and I've not looked back. I think it's fascinating how one particular problem has led you to a whole, basically a whole new career. Yeah, precisely. You know, once you understand that the power of shifting demography, you can even understand what's going on right now because I forecast this 10 years ago, what's going on, the protesting. And if you look at the audiences in the demo of the protesters, you'll notice that at least half of them are white. In some cases, it's all white. What the heck is that? This, this is about uh, diversity. This is about African-Americans. And it's because Generation Y, born 1985 to 2004, is the largest generation ever born in the United States. There's 88 million of them. There, there are 10 million more of them than they are, are baby boomers. And they are gonna change our culture. And it's gonna be dramatic. And it's, it's going to influence everything. So what do you see as the connection between millennials and the current protests? They don't see race or color or religion. They're intermarrying at the rate of about 20%, which is freaking people out, it's freaking parents out. They've been taught to be kinder and gentler. They've been taught not to bully. That They're a product of everything that the baby boomers wanted them taught, the information given to them. So we're going to see major changes. This is not going to stop. This is not going to blow over. This is not going to be like Watts in the, in the 70s. I have been telling my audiences, if you're a bigot, get over it. Because Generation Y millennials, who are currently 16, to uh, 35 years old are going to change our culture and you're going to be an outlier. You're going to be an outsider if you're a bigot. You can't do it. Well, I, I think at the risk of becoming a little bit political, I, th I think we're seeing some of this playing out in uh, the current political landscape. Totally. But I actually want to focus focus on the business side of this, sure. which is, okay, so so this major shift is underway and you're predicting that it's going to dramatically change the way we interact, um, the way people behave, how should business leaders respond? Well, I tell you, the biggest response has to come from not their behavior, but their need to have shelter. We, with about 150 million places to live in the United States, and that would be everything from a, a you know, a trailer, a mobile home to a mansion, and everything in between, multifamily housing. The Generation Y millennials were not welcomed into the labor force because their parents did not leave the labor force. Boomers have stayed in the labor force for a long time. Boomers are now exiting the labor force easily of four million a year. And as they exit the labor force, they're sucking in Generation Y, that's 16 to 35. And because that's, that's where the labor force is, and that's where our strength is in the United States. 
the problem is these kids have, have lived with their parents and they have no place to live. We are currently 25 million housing units short of our needs, 25 million. Now, I speak to all sectors. A couple of years ago, I spoke to a logging sector in uh, an association that does logging in Oregon. They can't cut trees fast enough. People are not aware that there is so much building going on, it, not in the Northeast. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of selective where it is. You need to see it in Texas. You need to see it in Florida. You need to see it in, in uh, Utah. You need to see it in, uh, in Las Vegas even with households. And, and finally, these uh, Generation Y millennials are getting married. There is going to be so much opportunity for entrepreneurs to start businesses, to satisfy the needs and demands of Generation Y, the largest generation ever born in the United States. Uh, they're going to consume everything. That's good news, isn't it? Yeah, it's great news. Now, are there are there particular types of businesses that you think are going to going to work better, are going to dominate the marketplace? What are your thoughts about about where business leaders may want to strategize or focus some of their energy and their resources? Well, of course, online is generation Y literally buys everything online and they even buy beds online. I don't know how they can do that. My, I have a Gen Y, I have two Gen Y daughters and they do that. I've got to lay on the bed, but the opportunities for everything in the house, everything, products in the house, anything that you would say need to start a household, anything that you would need to fulfill a garage, everything automotive. Now, granted, you know, people say, well, you know, they're not going to, they're going to live in the cities and they're going to be urban. No. Now, what they're going to do is they're going to live in cities. You're going to have a child, and then they're going to get, discover that you can't educate a kid in the, in the cities, and they're going to move to the suburbs just like the boomers did. So everything, there's going to be endless opportunity just based on that single generation. And, and that doesn't even take into account the generation that's 35 to 54, and that's Generation X, and the Latinos, which are growing like crazy. They're about 17% of our population right now. Most of them are, are from Mexico, incredibly hard workers, uh, Catholics, so they fit right into our culture. And then the other issue is baby boomers aging. Baby boomers are, are 56 to uh, 75. Baby boomers are going to open up opportunity for anybody who will do stuff for them. Uh, yes, they will move to Florida. Florida's population right now is about 24 million. It should go to, in, in the next 10 or 15 years, it should go to 35 million. There are many, many states. We've, we've done research for Bain Capital Real Estate, and we broke down the country by county and told them where people are going to move. And it, it's just amazing to see the motion of our population. Ken, what do you think some of the shifts might be coming out of the current pandemic? Because there have been so many shifts in the way people are living, working, buying, selling. What are some of the major shifts you see coming up? Well, there's kind of an irony to that. I, I think I don't I don't think we're ever going to shake hands again. <laughs> and that's OK with me. You know, I think we'll bump elbows or, or do something. But major shifts, people are, will be very health conscious and people will be very bacteria and virus conscious. The healthcare industry is going to explode anyway because of the baby boomers. The body breaks at about age 75. That's when things start to really go south. And the baby boomers, and there's about 80 million of them still, are bumping up against 75 and, and they're going to drive healthcare through the roof. So that's going to be a major change. But in, 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 like I said, it's, it's an irony. You know, we've lost about 100,000 people in the United States. That's not unlike what we would normally lose anyway. So I, I don't, I mean, it's a little bit over it. 
I don't know. The numbers for the pandemic are still so new and they really, really need to be studied and to determine how it's going to affect us demographically. But overall, I think in a couple of years, the effect of the pandemic will be only marginal. Mm -hmm. Do you think there will be some impact on the way people work? You know, this whole thing of for those workers that can work from home, there, yeah. right, with many companies, there was a reluctance to let people work from home. And now all of a sudden, those workers are all working from home. Again, if, if they have jobs and if their jobs are structured so they can work from home, they are. I'm guessing that companies' resistance to let workers work from home, if it doesn't impact their productivity, is going to shift. I'm wondering what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, there's no question. And I think if there ever was a generation that is suited to work from home, it will be Generation Y millennials. You know, I, I tell folks that the kids have ethics, the kids want to work, you know, they have student debt like nobody else. But yes, you're going to see a lot of people work from home. As the millennials flood the labor force, I, I guess the biggest impact it's going to have on our labor force and, and on working in general is the quality of the labor because the labor pool or, or the talent pool is so huge. I tell folks that there's a couple of things that are going to happen. You know, right now, everybody's talking about defunding police. Well, that's not going to happen. What will happen is Generation Y millennials will populate the police forces and they'll be better cops. And they'll be better cops because the, their talent pool is so much bigger. Right now, uh, police are populated primarily by Generation X. And Generation X did not supply enough uh, talent to police forces. And so as a consequence of that, we have this, our current situation. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, along the lines of, of the way people are working, what do you think may happen in the, the structural way that people work between employees and entrepreneurs or gig workers? Well, I'll tell you one thing that I see happening, and that is you're going to see a kinder, gentler uh, business climate, and that's going to be brought about by millennial entrepreneurs and m millennial workers because they won't work for mean people. They just won't. They just simply won't work for mean people. So there will be Dramatic changes. Of course, you're going to see that a ton of them working at home. These situations in working on site will be very much like uh, Facebook, where the employer wants the worker to, to enjoy coming to work. So they'll make sure that that happens as well. Mm. Do you think there, there's going to be a shift between workers being classified as employees versus being classified as contractors, where, where contractors have greater fluidity about who they're working for, when they're, when they're working, and um, how many employers they may have at the same time? Yeah, there's no question that there are going to be major shifts. And that's all going to be dictated by, by the millennials. And quite frankly, we haven't, we don't know yet. We don't have enough data. Once the millennials literally flood the labor force, which is something they, they you know, two years ago, they, they weren't working. They're welcomed into the labor force very late but they're going to change everything. They're just going to change the way we do stuff here in, in the United States. Mm -hmm. Ken, I want to go back to something we talked about 
at the beginning of the conversation, which is, you know, how you got into this combination of um, demographics and marketing. What have you learned about navigating transitions that has impacted the way you deal with the problems you encounter in your work today? You know, that's easy. Wait and see is not a strategic plan. I speak across sectors. I speak to very large audiences. I speak to mostly white men. And um, things are not going to stay the same. And so a transition, if you're going into business or you're in business right now and you're not thinking about how am I going to come out of this with uh, both barrels blasting, you have rocks in your head because you're going to come out into a different culture. So you're going to have to do your homework and forecast what's next for your particular industry. And that's what I do. I mean, primarily when I, when I get up in front of a group, I get up in front of, you know, 500 plumbers. I tell them, you know, guys, hire millennials. Okay, well, they don't know how to do plumbing. Well, teach them. You have no choice. There's no choice here. You need to do strategic planning and strategic planning is based on good data. Yeah, what's an example of somebody that may have made a dramatic shift in the kind of strategic planning they do based on deciding to use good data rather than whatever method they were using before that? Okay, I'll give you an example for builders because we've done a fair amount of research for people who develop uh, multifamily housing. And I said, well, how do you choose your locations? And he said, well, just kind of like a place and do it. (laughs) And we're going to build student housing. And I said, you're going to build student housing. You do realize that the number of students has dropped dramatically. And you're not going to be in student housing for very much longer. Well, let me, let me give you an example of Mattel, Barbie dolls and Hot Wheels. Barbie dolls and Hot Wheels sales are off about 25%. So what, is, what does Mattel do? Mattel fires their CEOs. They have, in the last five years, they've had four CEOs. Their newest CEO is saying that what we're going to do is we're going to go to Hollywood. We're going to make movies about Barbie dolls and Hot Wheels. And then we're going to sell them because the kids obviously want to use their tablets and their iPhones more than toys. So that's why sales are off. So let's let's meet them where they are. The problem is there's 25% fewer kids under 10. And Mattel has no clue. Neither does the Wall Street Journal. No clue. Because I keep on reading stories and it's always the same thing. I read their annual reports and it's always the same thing. They say, no, the reason sales are off is because kids have phones and, and iPads. Well, it's not the case. Sales are off because there's fewer kids and fewer kids buy fewer toys. Right. So what, what's an example of a company that is taking advantage of the data and making, making shifts in what they're doing that work really well? Well, an example of that would be the uh, construction companies that we've represented. We have told them exactly where to go build. We've told them this county in Utah is exploding. It has this many parents. It has this many kids in school. It's disproportionate. This is what's going to happen. We told them to go to a county in Florida to build medical facilities because the literally the medical facilities in Florida are going to be so overwhelmed that you're going to have a problem building these things fast enough. And that has been enormously successful. If you take things into account, if you take things into retirement for the boomers, anything in the household for Generation Y millennials. There are 17% of our population is Latino. What do they eat? What do they want? Where are they? What do they buy? And when you get behind a population that is expanding, not shrinking, it's a market that's expanding, not shrinking, you're going to be light years ahead of everybody. 
Well said. Ken, we've talked a, a bit about your own evolution as, uh, as a business owner in your own business. Where, where would you like to take your business? Research, more research. When, you know, I speak about 50 times a year. It's like the roar of the grease paint. I, I love it. I love being up in front of an audience. And I thank God, and I'm, I'm very happy about this. I'm often rated the best speaker they've ever heard. And that's just what they say. And so it is what it is. I enjoy writing books. And I very, very much uh, enjoy producing a couple hundred pages of, of research that people can use. And this, the, the ROI on research, especially something as simple as demography, demographics, is so beneficial. Ken, if someone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, learn more, access any resources you have, or get in touch with you, where's the best place to go? Uh, website. KGCdirect.com. KGCdirect.com. It's everything's on my website, and it, my telephone numbers are on, on my website. I I love to chat with people. There's no charge to chat with me. So yes, sounds great. Well, Ken, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau, and share your insights and your experiences, which are really fascinating, quite unique. My guest today has been demographer Ken Gronbach. Thank you again, Ken, for joining us. My pleasure, my friend. You take care. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned about the critical connection between demographics and marketing and much more. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Smashing the Plateau to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.